0: Presented by Han ETF.
1: Welcome to ETF TV, your insight into the world of exchange-traded funds, issuers and investment. I'm Margaret Ahrikova, and joining me today is Hector McNeil, co-CEO and co-founder of Han ETF, and the buffer. Welcome to the show. Nice to see you. Thank you. So, Hector, Han ETF is a unique issuer in Europe. Can you explain why?
0: Yeah, well, Han's the first European full services, white label ETF provider. So essentially what that means is we don't have any of the IP and content ourselves. You know, we work with differentiated asset managers who basically don't want to invest in all the spurs and shovels to issue ETFs, you know, and we do that on their behalf. So we do all the legal, compliance, product development, distribution and marketing, you know, and actually the biggest USP we have is we can have a fund out in 10 weeks, which ultimately, you know, is what everybody's after. They're after that speed to market and cutting down the barriers to entry.
1: And Han has grown from 1.1 billion to 3 billion now. And you listed your first ETF, EMQQ, the emerging markets internet and e-commerce at ETF just three years ago, making you one of the fastest-growing
0: European ETF firms. What is the secret to your success? I think the secret to success is pretty much down to the fact that we've got you know 20 plus years of experience. You know, Nick, my business partner. You know, Han stands for extra, and Nick, you know, we've worked together now for 18 years. You know, so it's almost like a work marriage. We've issued over 560 ETFs and ETPs in that time and generated about $40 billion of assets. But I think we very much focus on a differentiated offering. You know, we've got the broadest range of thematic ETFs of any issuer in Europe now. You know, cryptos, we've got the biggest Bitcoin physical product in the world. And we've started down the journey on active funds. So we're very much the differentiated added value issuer. The analogy I always use is, you know, iShares is Walmart and we're the All Foods.
1: That's great, and as you mentioned, you have one of the most extensive thematic ranges with 20 such ETFs listed in Europe. Can you give us an overview of this offering?
0: What's driving a lot of it actually is US issuers who are looking to replicate their offering in Europe. Debbie, you mentioned EMQQ. Kevin Carter brought that over to Europe. You know, he was our first client. You know, last year it was the best performing EM fund in the world. You know, but he wants to have both the USIS and the 40 Act requirement, and we've done that pretty much across the board. And it seems that thematics. Have been the real wheelhouse for that, you know. So we've done similar things with the general e-commerce ETF called I Buy. We've done it with the space ETF, which I think has got the best ticker that's ever been Yoda. But we've also done products like Cleaner Living, you know, and various other products. So I think what it's given us is the ability to take existing IP and branding, at the ticker level and at the firm level, and bring those to Europe. Following that, we've had other people that have said they've had good ideas and current ideas and want to come to market quickly. You know, so something like the medical cannabis, you know, we issued the first medical cannabis ETF in Europe, CBDX. You know, that took a huge amount of work with all the regulators, because obviously there's a big legal implication to that sort of product. Just having that expertise of being able to take products and structures to Europe in a fast fashion has really played well for our business. Every one of our ETFs gets a monthly report. So our clients produce, you know, a macro and a micro story almost like a running commentary on what's going on inside the ETF and what's affecting it, giving the investors all the tools and the stories they need to then go and sell them to their clients as well. So that's where I think it's quite exciting.
1: And similar to Thematics, you have a pretty exciting range of crypto ETPs, including BTCE, which was the most traded ETP on the
0: Deutsche Bourse in the first six months of this year. Can you explain why that offering has been so successful? If you'd have said to me, would it be that successful when we launched it? You know, I'd probably be lying if I said it would be. I think there's an element of right product, right time. The amazing thing for me is we weren't the first to market. You know, there was other providers such as CoinShares and 21 shares before us. But I think being first on Germany and I think, you know, being a German domiciled issuer, you know, having the ability to redeem, having a, you know, favorable tax status in Germany because of that facility, I think is quite powerful. You know, it's the first Bitcoin ETP in the world to have a full carbon offset as well. You mentioned it's the most traded on, you know, the Deutsche Börse, which is obviously the biggest ETF exchange in Europe. But that's in context of being more traded than the DAX, you know, the Eurostox 50, the S&P 500 or gold. And it's been so liquid, that product, that Eurex decided when they issued their Bitcoin future that they would actually price it off BTCE, which is the first time in the world I've ever seen an ETF have a future priced off it. It's over one and a half billion dollars now. You know, it trades on average about 40, 50 million dollars a day. Pretty amazing products all in all. So
1: this week you listed the world's first physical carbon credit ETP CO2, Spark Change Physical Carbon EUA ETC. Can you explain what CO2 gives exposure
0: to and how it is unique? When Nick and I were at ETF Securities back in 2008, we created the world's first carbon credit ETPs then. They track futures markets, which has inherent drawbacks in terms of things like you need to roll the futures, you have contangled backwardation, et cetera, which means that there's extra costs to the end investor or extra drag, you know, which can be in the percentage points. you know. And we're all used to having ETFs that are in the basis points rather than percentage points. So having a physical EUA product essentially means that we will hold physical carbon credit EUAs in a digital wallet with the European Union. We'll hold those on behalf of investors and then they will be able to buy that as an ETP. So the same way they could buy a gold ETC today, You know, it's pretty much the same structure as that. The EUA market in Europe has been probably the most successful carbon credit market globally. I think something like just under 50% of all emissions in Europe now are covered by these credits. What's really neat about the European scheme is they actually reduce it by about 1.5% in terms of what we issue each year. So it's a decreasing supply as time goes on. And actually, by owning CO2, you essentially take those credits off polluters. And over time, there should be less available, which should push up the value. Where it gets really exciting is you've got two options as an investor, then. Is one, you can hold them as a differentiator or an uncorrelated asset in a portfolio. Or even more excitingly, you can actually hedge the carbon content of your portfolio. So you could hold that, calculate the carbon intensity of your investment, and then hold the carbon credit to hedge that out on that product. So CO2, you know, I think is really additive to the market. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. But we had the first day of trading yesterday, and we had over $12 million of creates in a single day, which is the most we've ever had since we launched the product, which I think is pretty amazing, really.
1: That's great. You clearly have been busy. Are there any
0: future plans on products or markets that you can share with us? Our base case at hand is to be at least 10 to 15 ETFs a year. This year, we're probably going to get to more like 20. I suspect we'll be doing something in the crypto ecosystem space to sit alongside the crypto platforms we have. But I think it will be more of the thematics. And I'm really excited about the active space. We've already got two great active ETFs already, but I suspect that will become 20% of our business. And over time, I think we'll be something like 120 to 150 ETFs, more in the value-added space like niche, thematic, smart reader, active you know, and probably with around about 30 partners. So I think that gets really exciting in terms of service to clients, IP content, but also really differentiated offering that, you know, can sit really well against the monolithic giants of Vanguard and iShares will be taking this business to the U.S. as well, because you're probably well aware there are white label providers in the U.S., but nobody really offers the full, you know, what I call the 98% solution that had offers in terms of distribution and marketing as well. And already some of our European clients are saying, look, can we get to the U.S. and can you guys facilitate it? So I think we could easily be a 50 to 60 billion dollar AUM issue with, you know, probably TERs of sort of three to four times the market norm. So I think it's really exciting time. So, Han, that's great. That's pretty ambitious. Good luck with that. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much, Hector. And thank you to our sponsor, Han ETF. And of course, to all of you for watching. To watch prior episodes and to see news from the ETF industry, visit us at ETFtv.net. Thank you.
0: ETF TV News does not provide investment advice nor recommend products.